In order to truly become part of the global business environment, your business needs to constantly change and adapt to a variety of new constants. Welcome to Leadership Beyond Borders with Kimberly J. Lewis. We will help you navigate these changes on today's program and help you think beyond the boundaries. The opportunities are limitless if you are prepared. Now, here is your host, Kimberly J. Lewis. Hello, and welcome to Leadership Beyond Borders. I'm Kimberly Lewis, your host, and this series is in cooperation with Cinda Virtual, which brings you leaders and businesses from all over the world. You can learn more about Cinda Virtual under www.cinda.org. Now, we have listeners from all over the world on the show. So good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, wherever you may be listening from today. And if you're new to this series, let me tell you what this series is about. Leadership Beyond Borders is about the impact globalization, digital transition, and the connected world is having on our organizations and what this impact is doing to the kind of leadership we need to drive long-term success in today's economy. In this series, we have talked about everything from business issues such as artificial intelligence, digital transitions, and data protection regulations to leadership issues such as gender balance and business values and business ethics that may impact your organization or your individual career. So please listen to us live every Tuesday, 3 p.m. specific time. And if you happen to miss us, you can catch us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or Spotify. And in this series, you can listen to great advice, leadership success stories that you can learn from, stories that can motivate you, stimulate new ideas, and possibly even be the key key to your success. I invite you to connect with me. Please send me your thoughts and insights to leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com or connect with me over my website, leadershipbeyondborders.net. And you can also connect with us over cinda.org. And send me an email. Let me know what you want to hear about on this show. Now, if you're in a leadership position or aspire to be in one, regardless if your business is international or local, make sure you join us each week and we will make sure that you take away something useful for either your business or for yourself. And today we're going to talk about a really interesting subject. Now, over the last months, businesses have certainly changed. I mean, we've faced challenges, we've had losses, we've found new opportunities, but even in the midst of this crisis, business must go on, and this means negotiations must go on. Now, the difference today is businesses are operating in a highly unusual and disrupted commercial environment. Therefore, when we talk about negotiations, they've also changed. They may not be happening any longer in the boardroom, but they may be happening today on Zoom, GoToMeeting, or other virtual platforms. But no matter where discussions and negotiations are taking place and under what conditions they're taking place, the principle of the negotiation has not changed. The circumstances we are facing today may lead to different kinds of discussions, negotiations, conflicts, disputes, and difficult conversations with everyone from family to clients to customers, but they are still present. And they may even be more prevalent today than they were in the past. And today we're going to talk about a new book that just came out and the timing's perfect in this environment. And this new book is about the art of negotiation. And our guest today is Sue Preston, and she is a negotiation expert with 25 years experience within a variety of industries and organizations throughout the world. She's the author of The Little Book of Negotiation Brilliance. And this is a quick practical book that provides a toolkit that will help drive instant success and instant results to your negotiations. Her main focus is to help clients design, manage, and deliver high-impact and innovative and inspiring training solutions and embedded learning and change behavior within the aspects of commercial negotiation capability. Recently, she has developed and helped many organizations during the COVID-19 pandemic 
um, working in with small businesses as well as enterprises as trying to help keep them solvent um, in this crisis. Now, Sue does public speaking. She has been has a working knowledge of a diverse range of organizations, having led and designed and the delivery of many high-performance commercial negotiation programs for global teams. She has delivered negotiation training in the U.S., Middle East, Asia-Pacific, UK and Europe, and she always gets great feedback. Um, this is also the second time we've had Sue on the show, and today's show is a little bit different because we're going to talk about her new book, which is absolutely fantastic. Um, I have read it. It's available on Amazon. So welcome to the show, Sue. Thank you very much, Kimberly. So, so we talked about a year ago, um, uh, kind of on basic, and now you've come up with this book. So tell me about how, how did you get the idea for the book? Well, over the years, Kimberly, many, many of my clients have put demands on me in terms of, Sue, please put this in print. Sue, please, can you can you design for us, not an academic, um, heavy reference book, but rather a quick reference book, a toolkit, something that we can pick up and run with, and it's got templates in. And I kept saying, yeah, 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 you know, yada, 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 when I get round to it. And then, and then of course, we had lockdown. Um, and with lockdown, you could go through two spirals, one which was rather negative, And unfortunately, some people have experienced that. And for me, I decided, OK, dig deep. You've got no excuse now. So um, I had the structure of the book. So I published it. And um, yeah, that's it's really come from client demand. Yeah, I mean, it is a great book. And um, there's one thing in the very beginning of the book that you say, and and you talk about one word that really sums up negotiations. Okay. And um, you, you, you know, what, what is that word? Uh, can you share that with our audience and tell us a little about how you came up with this? Yeah, absolutely. So when you research negotiations, you'll come across many, many, many different definitions from all different experts. And bearing in mind the theme of my book is um, little and it's quick and it's easy and it's applicable and it's practical. So when you bring all of those very wordy definitions together, it's for me, what's the, where, where's the magic? And the magic and and what turns something from an argument into a negotiation is movement. The key word is movement. So if you haven't got movement, then you are simply arguing. So it might be even with a family member. Um, I don't know about washing the dishes or putting the trash out or whatever. No, you do it. No, you do it. No, you do it. No, you do it. Well, I did it last week. And that's an argument. It's not a negotiation. So in order for something to be a negotiation, there has to be movement. There has to be an element of trade, an element of take and give. I, I I thought this was absolutely brilliant and um, just laughing on washing the dishes example when you bring it to your home because because I think many of us, especially during lockdown, if we think about some of the discussions and the arguments we've had, especially with family members that don't go anywhere, and then you talk about negotiations have to make have to have movement. I think that's a that's a really easy picture to put in my head. Um, you also talk about um, uh, negotiations and compare them to a tightrope. What do you mean by that? Right. Okay. So this is my um, creative mind um, <laughs> looking yeah. at where is the balance. So negotiation is all about a balance, and you'll have come across before that you know the the focus on the hard objectives. Um, but here's the deal, Kimberly. If I'm negotiating with you and I have hard objectives to achieve, and you have your objectives to achieve, um, and you have more power than me, but actually you don't like me, we haven't connected, and if you don't like me, you're you're going to be more stubborn rather than give up some of what you've got to give. So the tightrope walk is this. It's around be make sure that you've got your balance on the tightrope and make sure that you're not falling off on either side. Because if I fall off the side on relationship, it might be, Kimberly, that I'm lovely and I'm gorgeous and I'm friendly and we're getting on great and we've got a great rapport. And you put the phone down saying, oh, Sue was lovely and gorgeous. But she was a real pushover. 
So go back on the tightrope. Now, if we fall off the other side, which is I'm not lovely and gorgeous and I'm sticking to my guns and I'm not moving and we don't build a rapport, then you might say, well, Sue drove a hard deal, but I didn't like her very much. So so I didn't give any of what I've got to give. So the only way to get a good balance is to make sure you remain likable and connected on a personal level, but you also remain focused on the prize, which is your business objectives. Mm-hmm. And 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 that's a really good point. And and you know, that's about mindset, isn't it, Sue? You know, Correct. when you go in. So how how so how important is that mindset as you enter into the negotiation process? Kim, I would say that it's mindset is absolutely imperative. So you've heard of the self-fulfilling prophecy. Um, mm. If you think something's going to happen, guess what? It generally does. So if you think I'm going to be late, 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 then you're probably going to be late. So um, mindset is really important. Now, here's the thing. If I'm starting a negotiation, but in my head, I have conflict, 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 then my mindset will drive the behaviors and I will end up in conflict. So your mindset and where you start out from is absolutely critical to the success um, or not so um, in, in regards to the negotiation. So the best mindset is to have is when you it, when you research the, the word negotiation and where it actually came from, it came from the Latin of negotiatus. And, and what that actually breaks down to and trends Translates to is negotiation actually means to do business. So if mm-hmm. I go into a negotiation with the mindset to do business, to do business, to do business, guess what? I'll do business. Mm-hmm. So your mindset is really important. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, t- talking about mindset and coming back to that type type rope, as you prepare your mindset and using that example of type ty- type rope, how important you know. Is it to be likable as uh, compared to focus and persistence? Is it 50-50 or is it not 50-50? How do you walk in there and balance this? Right. So it's rarely 50-50. If it was 50-50, that's kind of um, almost easier to make sure you achieve. So it's market dependent. So if I'm in a market that is leverage, it's very competitive, then I probably want to have 80% on the side of the tightrope, which is around my objectives and what I'm looking to achieve. If it's more around a collaborative partnership relationship, then it's more about 80% on the other side, which is building that um, that rapport. So I guess it comes back to power. So if I have a lot of power in the negotiation, then I can work harder mm-hmm. on the harder skills and my objectives and not so much on the softer side, um, uh, sorry, on the softer side. But if this is all about partnership, then I have to sp- spend more focus on the softer side, the building of the relationship, getting you to really connect with me because I don't necessarily have the power to fight for what it is that I need. Mm-hmm. That, that makes a lot of sense. Um, that really does. And, and so we're, um, I, I have a couple of follow-up questions, but we're going to take a quick break here. Um, but I think when we get back, I'd like to Take that and then move into actually move into your book because in your book um, you talk about stages of negotiation. You know, once you have this mindset, you walk in, you come into stages, and I'd like some of our listeners to learn some of what you've put in your book. And for our listeners today, we are talking to Sue Preston, and she's the author of the Little Book of Negotiation Brilliance, and it's available on Amazon. Now, Sue has 25 years' experience within a variety of industries and organizations throughout the world, and her main focus is to help clients design, manage, and deliver high-impact, innovative, and inspiring training solutions with embedded learning, change behavior, and within the aspects of commercial negotiation capability. Now, if you'd like to reach out to Sue, you can reach out to her on her website, which is www.suepreston.training.com. Now, Sue is also on LinkedIn under Sue Preston, the the negotiation coach, but that's N-E-G coach, so NEG coach. And she's also on Twitter under S 
LP Consult Train. So I think the easiest thing is go to her website under www. Sue Preston Training and look for the little book of negotiation brilliance on Amazon. Now you can connect with me with questions and comments at leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com or under info at Cinda. Now, this broadcast is also brought to you by Cinda, and Cinda One is one of Europe's fastest-growing nonprofit digital marketing and local search associations. They hold digital conferences in Europe, and the next conference will take place October 11th to 14th in Mallorca. So please go to www.cinda.org for more information. And with that, we are going to take a short break, and we'll be right back. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. We all hear about information security, identity, and privacy threats. The more technology becomes part of our lives, with more data created to provide insights about our lives, the more concerned we need to be. That's why it's important to tune in to Data Security and Privacy with the Privacy Professor. Host Rebecca Harold is an internationally recognized expert in these areas. Rebecca and her guests will let you know how to keep your business and personal data safe. Listen live the first Saturday of each month at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We're with you wherever Alexa and Google are, at home, in the car, on your smart TV, and your connected devices. Hey, Alexa. Hey, Google. Play my favorite Voice America podcast on TuneIn. It's just that easy. But make sure you actually mention the name of the podcast show to make it work. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. You are listening to Leadership Beyond Borders. Do you have a question or comment about our show? Please send an email to leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Again, that's leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Now back to this week's program. Welcome back to Leadership Beyond Borders. I'm Kimberly Lewis, your host. And today we're talking about negotiations. And we are talking to Sue Preston, and she is the author of a recently published book called The Little Book of Negotiation Brilliance. And it is available on Amazon. And Sue is also the owner of Sue Preston Training, based in London. Now, Sue, um, before before the break, uh, we talked about mindset and finding that that balance between likable and focused and, and persistent. And you said it was, you know, depending on the industry market. Um, so let's say we find that balance now, and we're going into negotiation. In your book, you you talk about some processes, and one of the things you talk about is the mastery ladder. So can you talk about that? Yeah, absolutely, Kim. So the mastery ladder is, for me, a structure. So when I'm negotiating on behalf of my clients or indeed teaching negotiation skills, one of the most common questions I'm asked is, Sue, when do you know? When's the right time to put your proposal down, to put your stake in the ground? Now, the answer to that is without a structure, you don't know. You'll never know. But with a structure, the structure will take you there. And if you trust in the process, if you trust in the structure, you will know when the right time is. So the mastery ladder is made up of every rung of the ladder is taking you towards success. So you've got preparation and planning as rung number one ladder. Um, And then that goes on to setting the stage. So negotiations are performance. You set the stage 
stage for the performance of negotiation. I'll tell you more about that in a little while. Mm-hmm. Then we go on to validate and question. So you validate any assumptions that you may have made and you question to see where movement's likely to come from, from the other side of the table. Once we've got all of that data, all of that information, then we start to trade. Um, we start to bargain. And then we close out and we summarize and we maintain clarity of what the deal and the agreement actually looks like. And then once we are out of the room, we're back with our team, we start to review what went well, what didn't go so well. And we look at continuous improvement. How can we feed those learnings back into our next negotiation? So that, Kim, is the mastery ladder. Okay. Uh, let's, let's, that, that, I mean, that gives people a structure and that's fantastic. So let's kind of go through some of those rungs on that ladder and, and start with um, what you said was the first one was preparation and prepare, preparing. Um, how, how important is that? It's absolutely key, Kim. So preparation and planning, two distinct activities and often get sort of rounded up into one. Preparation is the what, the collection of data, the collection of all the information, the market information, um, information on the organization that you're negotiating with, whichever side of the buyer-seller interface. So preparation is the what, everything that I need in terms of information. The planning, however, is how are we going to execute? What is our strategy within the negotiation? How do I want to come across? What sort of personality type am I dealing with? How do I respond rather than react? So, um, preparation and planning. What I can tell you is what you do or don't do in this stage of the mastery ladder will determine the outcome of your negotiation. So if you don't have time to plan and prepare, that's cool. But just remember that will reflect in the end result. If you do have time to plan and prepare and and to the degree that you need to, depending on where it sits in the marketplace, if it's a competitive market, you do less planning. If it's a strategic, critical, a core client, client, then if you don't have time to prepare, you postpone until you do have time to prepare. Mm-hmm. So so basically, if you're going into a negotiation, you kind of just want a quick win and it's not that complicated, then then it's a, I would say the preparation might be a little less, but the plan is always there. Or is there a difference? There is a difference between the quick win or the 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 bigger negotiation process. Right, Kim. So, um, again, in my book, The Little Book of Negotiation Brilliance, I talk about several different templates. In fact, there's there, there are templates there for you to complete. By the time you've read that book, it will take you through the whole preparation cycle and you'll be ready to go once you get to the end of the book, which, by the way, should only take a few hours if you're just reading it right through. Mm-hmm. Um, but the exercises slow you down. So when you look at the preparation and planning, there is a template for a quick win. So, a quick win what's my overall aim and what where are my takes and my gives so Mm -hmm. what am I going to take from the other party but what might I give them Um, and that's about as much as you need to do and you can have a generic take and give list as well for a more complex negotiation there's a more complex template and you need to list your questions you need to consider your movement strategy what's their movement strategy what does success look like on both sides of of the fence Mm -hmm. so yes it's a very different um, activity for preparing for a quick win to a more complex negotiation yeah and um once you do that then it's coming to the setting the stage and what's what do you mean by that so setting the stage so um whether we like it or not we kind of put on our game face for negotiation and um the opening stage or the as i say the setting the stage Um, phase is what I say or do in the first five minutes of opening this meeting again can encourage the other party to move closer towards me in terms of objectives or Mm -hmm. further away from me so if I need something and I need delivery and I need it by 11 o'clock tomorrow if I set the stage in terms of desperation then a visual for you where's the price is it going up or is it going down well if I open in desperation the other person the other side of the 
the table is putting the price up in their own mindset. So it's making it tougher for me. So I really need to consider how am I going to set that stage? So I'm going to leave you with this thought in answer to your question. What you say or do in the first five minutes of that negotiation is going to set the stage and and ultimately be a successful or not successful uh, performance of that negotiation. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And that, I can imagine, Sue, that will also, you know, it sets the stage and it's and it, it sets how you smoothly go into the questioning and the validation, and which would be the next stage. Is that correct? Correct. Correct. Okay, so like, can we talk a little bit about questioning and valid, validation? Yeah, so it kind of does what it says on the tin in terms of that stage. Mm. So you're you're validating any assumptions that you've had to make in your preparation and planning. Now, depending if this is the first time you've negotiated with the other party, you'll have to make um, a fair few assumptions. One might be that they actually want to do business with you. Um, That might be an assumption. So what you do is you validate those assumptions as you go through that next phase. The other thing, you're testing where movement's likely to come from. So you're asking questions and great opening questions to really draw out the information from the other party. Okay. Yeah, that that, that sounds logical. So um, as you're doing this, you're gathering the information that you need. You're validating the information so that you can move forward. And then that's moving you into probably the stage that gives everybody cold feet, okay? Or everybody <laughs> says, I'm not that good on it. The trading stage, okay? So, I mean, do you need specific, what kind of skills do you need in this stage? Um, and right. talk a little bit about the trading stage. Yeah, absolutely. So before we actually get to the trade stage, I'd just like to, uh, there's a link between validating question and trade. In validating question, you've quite possibly opened up more information, new data, things that you didn't think about, things that aren't in your original preparation and planning. So after your validating question phase, you summarize and you take a break. You get all your ducks in a row again. You get your, your, your regroup in terms of your thought process. Then you come back in. The start of your trade phase, this is when you propose. You put your proposal in the ground. And the skills you need are really around communication. It's your communication toolkit. It's about responding rather than react, reacting. You don't want to react from instinctive behaviors here. You're making a mistake. So you want everything to be a rational response. So you need to listen. Another skill is summarize, summarize, summarize. Be very clear with how you're uh, presenting your proposal. And just remember, this is not semantics here. This is around take before you give. So state your conditions before you make your offer. How do you remember that in reality? You use the words, if you do this, 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 and this for me, Kimberly, then I can consider that that and that so there's a real structure to your trade phase mm-hmm. and and why do people some people get so nervous about this phase you know because, because I mean, it's about Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's about money, Kimberly. You know, mm-hmm. this is where this is the only phase where you start to spend money. So mm-hmm. all of the persuasion techniques, all of the skills of influencing you've used before mean that if you're effective in those, you haven't spent any of your own budget yet. But when you get to the trade phase, this is where you need to, at the click of a finger, you need to know exactly how much that movement's just cost you. So Mm -hmm. in terms of your skills, you need to be, uh, you know, have your eye on the ball in terms of the math. Um, your eye on the ball in terms of the relationship. So you need your soft skills and your hard skills in balance here. Mm, Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. And um, let's talk a little bit about the close. Okay. And, you know, um, years ago I went through all the sales training and and the close was always so important on just making sure that everybody leaves the table with the, with the same understanding. So what are, what are the main points in the close? Okay, so here, summarize, 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 summarize. So in the close stage, I need to walk away 
understanding with clarity exactly the same clarity as you have the other party and the way that I need to do that is to as I say remember the power of summary now there's nothing worse than walking away from a negotiation you start to write up the contract and then you get emails from the other party saying no I don't remember agreeing to that (laughs) so there needs to be so here you're looking for clarity you're looking for commitment and also what I would say to you is prevention's better than cure so I want to make sure that I have clarity here at the closing phase I don't want to get to a stage where all of a sudden I realize there's no agreement I wanted to know that earlier on Um, so it's really around clarity to avoid any confusion once the contracts start to be written up Mm-hmm. And and so what happens what happens if if you don't get to that agreement and you don't get a closed stage um I mean that does happen sometimes I mean you just you, Absolutely. I mean yeah, is there any correct. kind of is there any kind correct. of way to say okay we've agreed on this so far but we still haven't agreed on that so we'll come back and only deal with this part how, how do you deal with that Right. So you should have known this before within your um, test, uh, within your validate and question phase and your and your trade phase. And the mm-hmm. reason for that is when you're preparing and planning, you set out all your variables and you have an ideal and um, which I call utopia. Then you have what I'd like to have realistically in this market. And then you have your walk away. And if you've hit too many walkaways, you simply present it as it was great for you to spend time with me today Kim it's working out that this this is not commercially viable I wish you well and we'll be in touch if anything comes up in the future so making sure that you walk away with the relationship still intact um, Mm -hmm. but make sure that you've got your your variables set out against a range of objectives Mm-hmm. Okay, good. And so we're getting, we're almost to another break now. So um, I'd like to, I mean, this is, this is really a fantastic structure. And I, I'm sure this has re- been really useful for me and I'm sure for our listeners. And when I'm thinking of, about your book, which I've read, um, you also talked about tactics as you go through these um, phases, this structure. And we're going to take a short break. And when we come back, I'd like to talk to you about some of the tactics that you talk about in your book when you're in these different phases. And for our listeners, we're listening today to Sue Preston, and she is the author of a recently published book, The Little Book of Negotiation Brilliance, and it's available on Amazon, and I strongly recommend it. It's a great, easy read. And Sue has 25 years' experience within a variety of industries and organizations throughout the world. Her main focus is to help clients design, manage, deliver, innovate, um, inspiring training solutions um, within all aspects of commercial negotiation capability. Now, please reach out to Sue on her website. It's under Sue Presson Training, and that is P R. E S T P R E S T O N Pre Sue Preston Training and also on LinkedIn under Sue Preston the Negotiation Coach and on Twitter under S L P Consult Train. And her book, again, The Little Book of Negotiation Brilliance, is on Amazon. And you can, and really, it's just a great read. And you can contact me at leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. And this broadcast is also brought to you by Cinda. And Cinda is one of Europe's fastest-growing nonprofit digital marketing and local search association. Cinda holds conferences in Europe, and the next will take place October 11th to 14th in Mallorca. So please go to www.cinda.org for more information. And with that, we're going to take a short break. comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. 
Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. We're with you wherever Alexa and Google are. At home, in the car, on your smart TV, and your connected devices. Hey, Alexa. Hey, Google. Play my favorite Voice America podcast on TuneIn. It's just that easy. But make sure you actually mention the name of the podcast show to make it work. are listening to Leadership Beyond Borders. Do you have a question or comment about our show? Please send an email to leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Again, that's leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Now back to this week's program. Welcome back to Leadership Beyond Borders on Voice America's business channel. And today we're talking about the subject of negotiations. And we are talking to a negotiation expert. And her name is Sue Preston, and she is the author of a recently published book, The Little Book of Negotiation Brilliance. And this book is available on Amazon. And Sue is also the owner of Sue Preston Training, based in London. And um, Sue, welcome back. And, you know, we just talked about your structure because you've put this great structure with templates and everything in the book. But... um, once you start to get into the structure, you know, as a negotiator, I'm going to need certain skills and tactics, and you do talk about that. So um, first, you know, let's talk about skills first. You know, what kind of skills do you need to be a good negotiator? Um, so again, Kim, I would say that predominantly this is around communication, relationship building, and I would say there's a difference between a negotiator and an emotionally intelligent negotiator. Emotionally okay. intelligent negotiators are really going to get to the crux. They're really going to get some great deals. They're going to drive some successful outcomes. So anything that sits under any of those headings, if you like. But also on top of that, you need to be um, good at strategy. So there are some four box matrices that you can use to actually build your strategy for the negotiation. You need to be a great planner. Now, I'm not naturally a great planner. I'm not naturally a good detailed person, but I know that my career pivots on how well I plan. So I dig deep and I get my planning skill set out. And then listening. So if there was one other skill that I would really like to emphasize here, for me, it's more than listening, Kimberly. It's not even active listening. Here it's about staying 100% present in the conversation. So am I hearing all of those very minor, very subtle signals of movement? So that really would be my list of top skills that you would need. Mm-hmm. And I can imagine people with with high EI emotion intelligence, um, and when they when they're one hundred percent present, um, that can be a really great advantage um, in any kind of discussion or negotiation. Um, and I and, and planning and strategy also that uh, for me those would be important. So I, the points those are great points. But let me ask you this: so we're, those those are skills. Okay, and a lot of people talk about skills and tactics and kind of mix them up. So what is the difference between, you know, 
the skills of being a planner, strategy, good communication, good EI. Those are the skills. What are the, what's the difference between those and tactics? Okay, so tactics. Tactics sit in three buckets for me, Kim. So there are there are hundreds of negotiation tactics, some of which you might find um, suit your personality, some of which you might find you would never use in a million years. Um, however, with tactics, it's not only about what I'm using, it's about what the other party's using on me. And am I recognizing it coming the other side of the table? And I'm not naive enough to think that although there are some tactics that I wouldn't use, they don't it comfortably with me I'm not naive enough to think that the other party won't use it so tactics sit in three stacks if you like so they sit in um, there are tactics to help us gain movement so there's tactics to help us gain movement but also keep that movement momentum going there are another group of tactics or stack of tactics which help us to buy time if the negotiation is going at a quick pace and you're unable to keep track on all of the variables then there are tactics Tactics we can use to slow the whole pace down or to delay decision making, for example. And then there's a third um, stack of tactics. And those are tactics to help me maintain control and to manage the negotiation. So um, tactics also are tricks, maybe tricks to get people to move more than they ordinarily would have done. It's also a very British word, but ploys, ploys to get people to behave in a way that they wouldn't ordinarily do. However, suffice to say that when you are planning and preparing, you need to know, is this a competitive market or is this a collaborative market? So your tactics, there are many tactics to use in a competitive market, which will not work for you if it's collaborative and vice versa. Is there any example you could give us of a a tactic for like a competitive market first um, in either one of these three buckets? Yeah, absolutely correct. So um, let's have a look at silence because it's it's out there and it's very popular. Now, the thing with silence as a tactic, don't get it confused with listening as a skill. So if you are in your discussion phases, listening is not the use of silence. If you get to your trading phase, the best time to use silence is just after you've made your proposal. You put your proposal on the table, you wrap it round with compassion, in argument so it's harder for the other party to um to to argue against and then once you've done that you hold your silence now the first person to break the silence generally concedes so you just hold your silence and one minute seems like an eternity in a negotiation (laughs) Um, But you need to hold your silence. Now, that would be an example of one um, tactic. However, before we move on, I'd like to just say one thing with tactics. Whatever tactics you use, and I list a whole variety of them in my book, um, don't overuse the same one because you're comfortable with it. So if if silence worked for you, and I can give you an example, I was in a negotiation and it was in a union negotiation. And it was many years ago. And the guy I went in with, he said to me, Sue, we're going to put our proposal proposals down and we're going to use silence do not speak so I said okay good plan so he put his proposal down it was very aggressive um, and we didn't speak now the other party conceded and began to move so it worked then fast forward 12 months and now we're back in with the same counterpart and we're negotiating over a similar thing that's raised its head again his strategy and he said to me sue don't speak like last year and I said here's my concern with that what what do you think their response will be this year? They're going to be planned for it, prepared for it. Mm. And that's exactly what happened. He went in, he put his proposal down. It was very aggressive. He didn't speak and neither did they. <laughs> so the moral <laughs> of the story is you need to have a myriad of tactics and don't be predictable with them. Mm-hmm. Okay, so change the tactics. I mean, um, so that would be, I mean, you could use silence in both both a... Would you use that more in a competitive environment or a collaborative environment, would you say? Uh, I I would use it in more of a competitive environment simply because it's with with silence as a tactic the objective of using it kim is to put pressure on the other party. Mm, yeah. In a collaborative negotiation you don't have the power to do that. And what would be a tactic in a collaborative um uh, example if you have one? 
So in a collaborative, I would look more under the buying time. So I would use something that um, I call uh, defense in layers. So what that means is if the other party's putting me under pressure because they have the power and it's collaborative and I really need this and maybe it's a monopoly situation, but I can't walk away from it, I will start making mistakes if I put myself under undue pressure. So what I might do is say, you know what, Kim, you'd think, less of me if I made a rash decision I'm going to go and pass that by my uh, the other members of my cross-functional team so let me get back to you on that and then they may call me and then I may say right okay we've just put that up to the board because we want to value this um, in, in the terms that you value it as well and it's really important to us and we'll get back to you and so I can use the defense in as many layers as I want to and it's more smooth in terms of collaboration it doesn't harm the relationship Mm-hmm. Okay, great example. Now, but with these tactics, now I'm thinking, going, thinking about the skills and the tactics. Now, skills, you know, can be learned sometimes. Um, um, a lot of them are innate or have been learned when you come to the table. But these tactics, it, it sounds complicated, okay? How, how long does it take you to really try to, you know, to try to learn these and be comfortable that you're using them in more of a natural sense and then a force sense as you go into a negotiation. Right. So, so what I would say to that, Kim, is, you know what, there is never or there should never, ever be a negotiation that you don't learn, even myself. And this is my profession. This is my passion. This is what Sue Preston stands for is negotiation. And every time I negotiate, I learn something new. So you have to be open to learning. Um, the more you use these tactics, the more familiar they will get with you. But also in terms of learning, how do you learn? You learn from other people. So what I would say to you is find somebody that you aspire to in terms of their negotiation capability. That might be somebody you report into. It might be somebody in your family. It might be somebody famous. It might might be somebody that you came across before. It might have been somebody you were negotiating against once. So model some excellence for yourself and think of what what was it they did? What was it they said? What tactics did they use? And you and also. So when you start to use new tactics, use them in a safe environment. So use them with with family conflicts, for example. Use them when you're taking things back to a store to, to change it. Use things when you're trying to get an upgrade on your cell phone, your mobile phone provider. Um, so in safe environments where it doesn't matter if it goes wrong and it doesn't cost you anything, once you've tried them in the safe environments, then you're good to go. And also, That's, the little book of negotiation. <laughs> I, I like that. Use it in the family. Uh oh. <laughs> so, I, mean, I mean, we should we should have had this podcast maybe three four months ago before the lockdown. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, that might put a whole different spin. I I wonder what's going to happen with um with relationship fallout rates. But anyway, we'll we'll skate over that one. <laughs> uh, if we if we can if we can be good negotiators, then we might get through it. No, I I think I I think this tactic learning. Um, I, I think that I think that's really interesting and really important and and um, you're right about learning every time and, and that's really good advice for our listeners to kind of watch somebody um, that they know. So we're, we're getting to, towards the end of the show, Sue, and um, once again, I can't recommend more this book because it is an, uh, it, it's kind of like, for me, a little negotiation Bible, okay? I mean, I'm going to be, you know, I ordered it and I have it on my desk and I'll be referring to it quite often, but I'd like to kind of summarize everything. So, um, you know, we got a lot of we got a lot of people listening. Um, most of our listening audience are are business people, entrepreneurs, um, either business owners, uh, uh, good level executives, managers. If you had to wrap the whole story of negotiations up and say, what are the three most important things that somebody has to do to to learn to negotiate successfully? What would that be? So for me, number one would be. 
prepare and plan, prepare and plan, prepare and plan. Number two would be an emotionally intelligent negotiator and the staying 100% present in that conversation, even if you're not interested in what the other party's saying. And the third one for me, I mean, there's so many, but the third one for me would be summarize, 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 the power of summary. Mm-hmm. And and with those three points, um, a very important question uh, as we get to the end. These, what you've done in your book and these skills and these three important points, um, they, do they stay the same in both the virtual world as well as the real world? Because we're all working quite in different environments today. Yeah, everything that's in my book, and I do actually refer to the COVID world that we happen to be finding ourselves. I mean, who who knew eh, that we that we'd get here? Um, but I do refer to the new COVID world, and everything within the book, and everything that I've spoken about today is around virtual as well as face to face. So the skills are can be done in any kind of negotiation situation. Yeah, well, even so- over the telephone. Yeah, even on the telephone, I didn't even think about that. Okay, right. Well, so this has been really, really enlightening. Um, you know, thank you so much uh, for taking the time to be with us today. Um, it's always a pleasure to have you. And for our listeners, we have been talking to Sue Preston, and she is the author of a recently published book called The Little Book of Negotiation Brilliance, and it's available on Amazon. And Sue has over 25 years' experience in a variety of indices and organizations throughout the world, and her main focus is, is helping clients design, manage, and deliver high-impact inspiring training solutions, um, all with a focus on commercial negotiation capability. Now, please go to Sue's website. It's www.suepreston.training.com, and that is Preston, P-R-E-S-T-O-N. And Sue is also on LinkedIn under Sue Preston, the negotiate, negotiation coach, but is abbreviated NIG coach. And on Twitter under SLP Consult Train. And once again, the little book of negotiation brilliance is on Amazon. So, Sue, thank you so much for being with us today. No, thank you, Kimberly. Thank you for your time. And um, listeners, please send me uh, questions and comments at leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. And please remember that this broadcast is also brought to you by Cinda. And Cinda is one of Europe's fastest growing nonprofit digital marketing and local search associations. And Cinda has conferences as well as virtual training and webinars on www.cinda.org. And Cinda's next conference will be held in Mallorca October 11th to 14th. So please take a look at Cinda. And please remember to tune in to us every Tuesday at 3 p.m. Pacific time. And if you can't tune in to us live, then please download us on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and almost every podcast platform. And with that, thank you again for listening. And I look forward to having you listen next week and have a great great week and tune in next week. Thank you for joining us on Leadership Beyond Borders. Please tune in again next Tuesday at 3 p.m. U.S. Pacific Time for another edition featuring your host, Kimberly J. Lewis, on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a great week.